Well, good morning, Southview. How are we? Excellent, excellent. Glad to have you with us here this morning. If you're a guest, welcome to you. My name is Brad. I'm the pastor here at Southview. It's so great to have you with us, and we especially love starting our worship time together today with baptism, celebrating Jesus Christ, saving people, and making them brand new. Amen? All right, so I want to introduce you to Sammy. Sammy, come on down. This is Sammy Lamb. Sammy comes today placing faith in Jesus Christ as his Savior and stepping forward in baptism, which shows the fact that Jesus Christ has saved him and made him new. And sharing Sammy's testimony today is going to be his wife, Peggy. Peggy, go right ahead. You might be wondering why a 74-year-old man... Is just now getting baptized. <laughs> I grew up in a Christian home, but as a teenager and as an adult, I strayed from my Christian upbringing. As a child, I was taught to fear God and to follow the Ten Commandments so that I wouldn't go to hell. I was always afraid of God's and my mother's wrath. It didn't dawn on me that I should obey God out of love. All through my adult life, I drank beer almost daily. And then two years ago, I decided that I had had enough and I stopped drinking. God was working on me then. I just didn't know it. Then last July, I had to have two major back surgeries. And there were friends and people in this church that I didn't even know who were praying for me. God was working on me then too. On July 29, 2020, something in me changed and I couldn't stop crying. Peggy called the church and spoke with Betty Jo, who, put, who got Pastor Brad on the phone. I told Brad that I didn't deserve people's prayers and that I wasn't good enough to be a Christian. Over the phone and in the middle of a pandemic, Pastor Brad led me to Christ. Peggy calls that my gotcha day because I was adopted into the family of God. For the first time, I experienced the love of God. When God took hold of me, he didn't let go. He saved me. I, I am living proof that God answers prayers and that God loves even me. Amen. Amen. All right, Sammy, turn this way for me. Have a seat. All right, Sammy, with your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, it is now my honor and my privilege to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. You're good. 
Well, hang on. Let me pray for you first. Let me pray for you first. Jesus, thank you so much for what you've done in Sammy's life. Thank you, Lord, that you have saved him, that you have sought him, pursued him, and made him new. We pray, God, your blessings on him. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would continue, Lord, to fill him and use him for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. We raise a hallelujah for lives that are changed. Amen. For hearts of, of stone that have been replaced with hearts of flesh, we praise our holy God for working in the lives of all believers. He is worthy to be praised. Let's sing together. Let's celebrate these truths. I'll raise a hallelujah.
our salvation, the Lord of our hope, our Lord Jesus Christ. You are worthy, Lord. The grace of God is reached for me and pull me from the raging sea. And I am safe on the solid ground.
because you are Lord of our salvation. Father, we give you all, not just in this setting, not just through a song, but God, I pray that our lives will be ordered with you above all things, that you would be our lives. God calls us to worship. May your Holy Spirit inhabit the praises of your people today. Lord, move in us. Break what needs to be broken. Heal what needs to be healed. Bring home the lost. Encourage and grow the found so that we might live lives that point to you, that bring you praise and honor, that all the nations would see that you are good and you are worthy to be praised. Christ alone. There's a
may be seated, church. Oh, well, once again, good morning to you all. So good to have you with us here today. Uh, and again, as I said earlier, if you're a guest with us today, welcome. Uh, my name is Brad. I'm the pastor here at Southview, and it's so good to have you with us. If you are a guest, uh, we'd love to connect with you. The best and easiest way that you can do that is to simply grab your cell phone right now and text the word CONNECT to our number on the screen, 910-424-1298. Just simply text CONNECT. We'll send you a link. Tap on that. Answer a couple of questions just so we can know who you are uh, and know how to minister to you. Pray for you if we can, uh, however we can, to bless you and your family. Again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, a couple of quick announcements I just want to throw your way. Just so you know what's going on here uh, at Southview and how you can be plugged in. And a part one, Vacation Bible School is quickly upon us, uh, beginning that June 7th. One last push to sign up. You can text VBS, again, to our number, 910-424-1298. You text VBS, and you can either, as an adult, sign up to volunteer, which we encourage you to do. We still have some spots where you can serve in that. So you can text VBS to sign up to serve as a volunteer or to register your child to be a part as well so text vbs for either of those to get plugged in second we have a father-daughter dance june 19th very excited about that uh, i've got two daughters gonna have them both here uh, and so uh, i encourage you to do the same dads make it a good night take them out for a meal all right an actual meal where you don't talk into a microphone to order the food like a real meal bring them Make it a big night uh, because we want to show um, uh, uh, our children, uh, our sons, raising them up to be men of God, our young ladies, our daughters, raising them up to be young women of God. And so events like this is a, a way that we help in doing that, uh, just to show them how much we love them and to model for them chivalry and uh, good, solid, loving, biblical manhood. And so it's a great opportunity for you to do that June 19th. You can sign up for that by texting the word DANCE, all right? DANCE. We're Baptists, but we're going to let you do that, all right? DANCE. Foot fellowship. Whatever makes you sleep well at night, all right? DANCE to 910-424-1298. Get signed up, ready for that. And then last of all, we've got a mission trip to Tennessee in July. We had to pull back on a ton of our mission trips this year because of COVID, uh, but we were able to squeak one in relatively local, uh, to Tennessee. It's going to be in the month of July. If you'd like to be a part of that, just text MISSION to 910-424-1298 to get signed up. And then any other announcements, anything else going on here, we encourage you to download the app, Southview Baptist Church app. You can do that at iTunes or Google Play. You're going to get all the announcements. You can find a journey group. That's our small group ministry. Give online through the app. You can get the, uh, the past services, sermon notes, all of that, they're on the app. So download the app. That'll help you get plugged in and be a part of what's going on here. And then one more uh, quick announcement. Two weeks from today, June 6th, after the 11 o'clock service, we're going to have a quick business meeting. We need to vote to approve some funds to fix the air conditioning in the FLC. Um, and so we've got a letter on the, the desk in the foyer in the back. You can grab that on your way out if you'd like to give all the information. Uh, but we're going to be voting on that uh, June 6th in two weeks after the 11 o'clock service. So uh, put that on your to-do list. All right. Today we've got a really special treat. I, 
we've got um, Brian O'Day coming to uh, share the word with us. Brian is the pastor of Pillar Church in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Um, uh, former Marine officer, uh, then planted Pillar Church uh, and um, reaching out to the Jacksonville community there in Camp Lejeune as well. Uh, in addition to that, he is also president of the Praetorian Project, uh, which is, he'll share more about that uh, here in just a few moments, but as a ministry, we're wanting to connect with as much as possible to learn from, uh, helping and learn how to do good military ministry and, by God's grace, send men out from this church uh, to plant churches in military communities. That's, um, that's the big goal. So uh, you go home and pray about that. All right. So I'm going to ask Brian, if you just come on up for me, I want to take a minute and pray for Brian uh, as we set him loose. Um, and as we're doing that, I want to read a scripture to us uh, just to kind of set the stage a little bit. Uh, Romans. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. Uh, we've had it up on the screen here. Uh, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful their feet of those who preach the good news. Today is about seeing God's call on our lives as a church to be a sending church, sending people out to preach the good news. So I'm going to pray for Brian. And let him loose. Lord, thank you for Brian. Thank you for his heart for you and your church and your mission. Thank you, God, for his willingness to take time away from his congregation to come and bless us. I pray, God, for Pillar Church in Jacksonville, God, today that you would bless them. That they would uh, um, just uh, be um, nourished from your word. Holy Spirit, you would minister to them as I know we're going to experience that here today. Bless Brian and his family. Thank you for them. And I pray, God, that you would use him in a powerful way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brother. Well, good morning. It is good to be here uh, this morning worshiping with you guys. Uh, thank you, Pastor Brad, for uh, inviting me and allowing me to come and preach this morning. Uh, I know how difficult it is to give up the pulpit, especially when you take uh, preaching God's word as seriously as you do. So I, I appreciate it. Uh, Pastor Brad did out me as a Marine uh, here in Fayetteville, so uh, I was going to wait till the end of the service uh, to maybe make that known, um, but uh, here I am. I did, I was stationed uh, for three years in Fort Sill, Oklahoma uh, as a Marine, and so I've been in hostile territory before. Uh, I also... Uh, I also deployed three times to a combat zone, so I've been in hostile territory there before as well. But hopefully I come uh, in, in peace, and hopefully I'm able to leave in peace as well. But it's, uh, it's good to be here this morning worshiping our Lord together. If you have your Bibles, uh, please turn with me uh, to the book of Acts. Uh, if you've been uh, coming and gathering with the church uh, for the past few months, and you have one of these old paper Bibles, it should just like fall open to the book of Acts, right? Uh, you guys have been Acts for a little while. We'll be in Acts chapter 10 uh, this morning, Acts chapter 10. Uh, if you're a note taker, my title for the sermon this morning is The Mission for Who? The Mission for Who? Like, wait. The missions for those people over there? Are, are you sure that it's for those people over there as well? 
Uh, honestly, that could have been the title of the sermon a couple times in the book of Acts, couldn't it? Right? In Acts chapter 8, when the gospel went to the Samaritans, those half-breeds who were worshiping in the wrong place, they were hated by the Jews when they heard the gospel and responded to the gospel and they were baptized and they received the Holy Spirit, we could have thought, wait, the gospel for them? Really? Or maybe last week as you guys studied Acts chapter 9 and the resurrected Jesus came to Saul, also known as Paul, the persecutor of the church. Right? Wait, the gospel for him? Not, not that guy. Well, we're going to continue on that theme this morning. The truth is the book of Acts shows us the beginning of the church, the beginning of the church. And the church is the ever-expanding people of God. The church is always reaching out across barriers to take the gospel to places it has not gone before. That's what the whole book of Acts is about. We'll see that continue in our passage today, breaking down barriers of who we think deserves to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here's what I want us to walk away from this morning. Join God in his advancing mission to all people. Join God in his advancing mission to all people people. In our passage today, at the end of our passage, at the end of Acts chapter 10, we're going to see this unstoppable mission of God continue to advance to an entirely different group of people, to non-Jews, to the Gentiles. But to get there, God is first going to have to work on two individuals. He's going to work on Cornelius, and he's going to work on Peter a centurion, a Roman centurion named Cornelius, and an apostle named Peter. And as has been your habit here, and I trust continues to be your habit, we're going to see how this applies to our lives as we work through the passage. So if you would, pick it up with me in Acts chapter 10, starting at the beginning of the chapter. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance 
and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit said to him, behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to this house and to hear what you have to say. So he invited them to be his guests. The next day he rose and went with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called, them to, called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I too am a man. And as he talked with him, he went and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then why you sent for me. And Cornelius said four days ago about this hour, I was praying in the house at the ninth hour and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right, does what is, right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaims, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. 
But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who, the, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. That is a powerful section of the Word of God. Again, our goal this morning is that we would join God in His advancing mission to all people. First, we need to look at Cornelius, devout, and I use quotes, devout Cornelius. In verses 1 through 8, we see Cornelius. And despite his outward devotion to God, Cornelius lacks the indwelling Spirit of God given through faith in Jesus Christ. You see, Cornelius was a centurion. He was a Roman soldier. He was a leader of other Roman soldiers. He was a leader of a century Uh, Most likely at this point in history, it's about 80 other Roman soldiers, a little less than 100. And Luke, our author, tells us some things about Cornelius. Notice in verse 2, chapter 10 and verse 2, it says that he is a devout man. He feared God with all of his household. He gave alms generously to the people and He prayed continually to God. I agree with you, Luke. That sounds like a devout man, doesn't it? Sounds like a devout man. I know a lot of American churchgoers who could not be described in that way that Luke describes Cornelius. They're not as devout as Cornelius is here, fearing God, leading his household to fear God, giving alms to the people, praying continually. There is a level of devoutness here in Cornelius. And yet Cornelius receives a vision from God that he needs to have men go and get the apostle Peter and for Peter to come to him and tell him something. Let me ask you this. Why why is this needed for this supposedly devout man? that he would have Peter come and tell him something. Well, Cornelius needs Peter to come and tell him something. Because in any tangible way that we could perceive, Cornelius, at the end of chapter 10 and verse 8, is not yet a Christian. Let me say that again. At the end of, chapter, at verse, at the end of verse 8, Cornelius is not a Christian. 
at least not in any way that we could affirm from the outside. Cornelius is outwardly devout, but he has not yet heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. He has not yet put his faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of his sins and received the Holy Spirit as the guarantee of the seal of his salvation. Now, this is important for us to realize that outward devotion does not equal Christianity. I was so thankful, Brother Sammy, man, what a powerful testimony that was this morning. Sounds like you grew up in the church. Sounds like early in life there was some devotion. I pray that some of you young men were listening to that testimony. Because some of you are probably on the verge of (whistles) wandering off. And your outward devotion is going to give way to what is really in your heart. You see, Cornelius is a soldier and a leader of soldiers. So I'm at least going to apply this to the soldiers in the room. I'm sure there's applications for others as well. But the soldiers and the former soldiers, the leaders of soldiers in the room. You guys are outwardly devout. You raised your right hand to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. You can probably quote the verse of the Bible, whether you can find the address or not, or the context or not. You can probably quote to me the verse of the Bible that says, Greater love hath no one than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. Outward devotion. You're here in church on a Sunday morning. You're at the early service. Like, you talk about devotion, like, you're here, right? You might even pray before your meals. You might even give tithes and offerings to the church. You might even lead your family in family prayers. But none of those things make you a Christian. You are only a Christian if God has saved you. You are only a Christian if you are repenting of your sins and trusting trusting in Jesus Christ as your only hope of salvation. You're only a Christian if you have the indwelling Holy Spirit that God has given you. If you've been going through the motions of being outwardly devout, and yet there's been no inward change, I plead with you to stop and consider what you're doing. Stop and examine your heart. Stop and examine your life. Do you truly understand the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you truly trusting Him in faith? Do you have His Spirit calling out with your spirit to God the Father as Father? You want to be conformed more and more to the image and likeness of God. If you need somebody to help you, which you will, you will need someone to help you reach out to a a more mature Christian that you know. Reach out to Pastor Brad or myself and, and get this right. Figure this out. Outward devotion, just going through the motions, going to church, praying before meals. All of these things do not make us a Christian. It's a changed hearts that leads to a changed life. The mission of God for who? 
quite possibly the person that you need to be most concerned about is yourself. Regarding that the mission of God is for you, that you may need an inward change first and foremost. So that's Cornelius. But what about the Apostle Peter? Certainly the Apostle Peter doesn't need to change as well. Well, in verses 9 through 33, we see devout Peter. Again, I've got some quotes with Peter as well. Peter is devout, but despite Peter's status as an apostle, he lacks a full appreciation for who could receive the gospel of Jesus Christ and the indwelling Holy Spirit. So Peter is an apostle. He was a disciple of Jesus. He was likely the oldest disciple of Jesus uh, during Jesus' life. He's certainly the most vocal of the disciples throughout Jesus' life. Uh, We probably think of some times where Peter's uh, energy and his initiative and his enthusiasm kind of get ahead of his brain. Right? And so sometimes his mouth gets ahead of his brain. So if you've ever been in a situation like that, Peter's a good guy for you to get to know and to study. If you're, sometimes your mouth gets ahead of your brain, uh, you're like, okay, Peter, Peter's my guy. I need to go learn about Peter. At this point in the book of Acts, really Peter is, man, one of the primary leaders in this young Christian movement. He's the guy that you studied back in Acts chapter 2 where he preached a sermon a shorter sermon than this one will be. He preached a sermon and 3,000 people were saved and baptized as a direct result of that sermon. Like that's who this Peter guy is. Has that ever happened? Like one short sermon, 3,000 people repenting, believing, being baptized. Hasn't happened for me either. That's Peter. So Peter's the man at this point, right? But he's still lacking something. He's lacking a full appreciation for who this gospel of Jesus Christ and the indwelling Holy Spirit and full membership into the congregation of the believers of Jesus Christ, who it's for. And so he receives a vision, and the vision starts out with food. It starts out with animals, teaching Peter that the Jewish laws about food are no longer binding on the New Testament Christian that he can eat of whatever food he wants and whatever God has called clean, that he should not call unclean, right? So for those of us here today, if you love bacon and pork chops and ham and all those things, like, amen, cool, this is your, this is your go-to passage. You're like, no, 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 I'm allowed to eat all that. Don't call unclean what I call clean. But Peter, after this happens... He's confused. He's like, what's, what's going on? Right? What's, what's going on? It says in verse 16 that this sheet coming down with the animals on it, it says that that happened three times. Right? Animals, I can't eat, but don't call it unclean if God calls it clean. Three times that happens. And then in verse 17, I love verse 17. I love that Luke puts this in here for us. It says, now while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision he had seen might mean. Man, I love that Luke puts that in there. Peter's confused. He is inwardly perplexed, like, what in the world does this mean? I know that God doesn't send visions to talk about food. When God sends a vision, it's, it's usually bigger than food. He's 
inwardly perplexed. I'm so thankful that Luke puts that in there. When I read the Bible and I'm trying to apply it to my life and I'm trying to apply it to the lives of my people, I get inwardly perplexed a lot. And I get confused. I'm like, what? What's going on? How do I, how do I apply this to my life? So I'm very thankful that it's in there. And so Peter is perplexed. And as Peter is inwardly perplexed, Cornelius's men show up and the Spirit reveals to Peter in the moment that Peter needs to obey the Spirit, the meaning of the vision. Right? So like the moment that Peter needs to obey, that's when the Spirit makes clear to him what it means. Right? That happens so often in our life, right? It makes sense the moment we have to obey it. Right? Like, oh, it means that, oh. Oh, it means that, right? Like we get it and then we have to get it. We get it with our mind and our heart and then we got to get it with our feet and our hands, right? For Peter, it means that he must go with these men to preach the gospel to Cornelius. Who? Cornelius. A centurion. Who? This Roman soldier who's in charge of other soldiers not even from here, he's from the Italian cohort, so he probably is foreign-born as well. Oh, and you need to go and talk to his whole household as well, his family, his servants, probably his other soldiers as well. Peter's first reaction to this, had he not gotten the vision and had the Spirit not made it clear to him, Peter's first reaction as a Jew in this time would have been, you want me to share the gospel with who? Uh-uh. I can't, I can't even go in their house. I can't even go eat with them. I surely am not going to share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. That would have been his first response. And yet, it is exactly what the mission of God required in this moment, that Peter join the continuing, ongoing mission of God instead of staying in his own understanding of what he was to be doing. I'm a stranger from out of town. I'm here. You don't know me. I don't know you except for a few pleasantries that I was able to exchange as I came in this morning. So I'm not sure who these people would be for you, right? But I imagine everybody I've talked to who's been honest with their own hearts and with their own minds, and as I've examined my own heart and my own mind, there have always been categories of people where I'm like, oh, God, are you sure to them? Are they, aren't they too far gone? Or aren't they, or we have all these excuses, don't we? So I imagine for all of us sitting in here, every Christian, there's a group of people in your mind that as you think of them, you're like, eh, I'll sh- God, I will go anywhere, not them. I'll go anywhere, just not to them. So you should ask yourself, pray that prayer. It's one of those scary prayers, right? God, who's that for me? Who's that for me? I'm going to wager a guess that for some of you, those people in your minds might be pretty close to home. They might be pretty close to home. 
might be those 50,000 plus soldiers up the road from here. They aren't from here. They're young. They break things. As one uh, speaker said, the mission of the American military is to kill people and break things. Don't be surprised when they do it. Now, when it happens over there, we're okay with it. But when it comes in our town, we're not okay with it. They're messy. Messy. They bring lots of problems into town. Our town gets a bad reputation. Somebody, did you say I was Jacksonville, Camp Lejeune, right? Some of you are like, Jacksonville, what a dump that is. All it is is tattoo parlors and strip clubs. Have you been there? I don't know. That's, I'll just say the reputation's similar, like, oh, where are you going, Brian? Fayetteville. Ah. <laughs> you know what they call it, right? Vietnam. Right? So you don't like that. You don't like that. But what if, what if God is about to significantly advance his gospel to the few million young adults who will pass through your town over the next few decades? What if those people desperately need to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ and receive his indwelling spirit and be sent out to the nations? The mission of God for who? Quite possibly those you could not imagine taking it to. The last section we have in our passage shows us about our devoted God. Our devoted God. No quotes around that one. In verses 34 through 48, we see God's mission to make his name known among the nations is going to happen. It continues yet again. It's like we're on repeat in this section of the book of Acts. Like, we're taking it where? Okay, and then sure enough, the Spirit falls, and then sure enough, people are like, wait, what? What just happened? Who got the Spirit this time? Like, what? This is the section of Acts you're in. Throughout the Bible, God is seeking to make his name known among the nations. That's what the Bible is about. If you're curious, it's about God's revelation of himself and that he desires that his name would be known among the nations. At the end of our passage here, a bunch of Gentiles hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. They believe in Jesus Christ. They are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And it happens exactly as Jesus said that it would happen. If you need to look back there, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 gives us the whole uh, theme of the book of Acts. And there in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the resurrected Jesus looks at his uh, apostles. He looks at the disciples and right before he ascends to the right hand of God the Father, he says, You will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. Notice what he says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He did not say, hey guys, it'd be really cool if y'all went 
and shared the gospel with some other people. He doesn't say, pretty, pretty, please, would you go and share the gospel with people that don't look like you or act like you or think like you. He doesn't say that. He says, you will be my witnesses. He says, it's going to happen. God is devoted to making his name known among the nations, and the people of God will be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. And we read in Revelation chapter 5 that it will happen. There will be people from every tribe and nation and tongue worshiping Jesus as the only one who is worthy to open up the scroll and break the seals of those who are saved. It's all about... Jesus, it's going to happen. The question is, are we, are we going to be a part of it or not? That's the question. So what do you do with all of this, right? What shall be your response? If you're a Christian, I trust one thing about you. Besides that you have repented of your sins and you believe in Jesus Christ and you've been baptized, and right? Besides those things, I believe that your yes is on the table to join the mission of God. Like, that's part of being a Christian. God, whatever you would tell me to do, yes. I believe that about this church as well. I believe it. one thing beautiful, I don't know if you were doing it before COVID or not, but during COVID, everybody's a televangelist, everybody's online, so I was able to watch some of your church services. This is a faithful church from what I've seen. Praise God. So I trust that your yes is on the table as a church, to join the mission of God, to take his name to the nations, to take his name to all people. I just want to illuminate from some of the things that we've talked about, what that might look like, and towards some tangible responses for some. Number one, personally joining the mission of God requires doing things that you are initially against or at least perplexed about. So if you're like, wow, that feels like the Spirit, God, as I read the text, it seems like I should, as I sit under the preach word, it feels like I should do this thing, but man, I could never do that thing, or man, that's weird. Just understand that obeying God will be confusing, perplexing, or maybe even something you don't want to do initially, right? So Pastor Brad kind of sped through my bio a little bit, right? So served 10 years active duty in the Marine Corps. God called me out of the Marine Corps to plant a church. My first response was, no, thank you. I'm good. Or my other response was, okay, cool. Sounds good. I'll do that later. I'll do that like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Things are going great. I actually love being in the Marine Corps. My family loves being in the Marine Corps. I said, no, thank you, Lord. I'll, I'll do that later. Then I told my wife, hey, I can't get over this. The Spirit seems to be convicting me towards this direction and my wife said no thank you we should do that later right so personally joining the mission of God requires doing things that you are initially against and or confused perplexed about second the mission of God to those people over there requires starting new churches it requires it you can't Christianity is a come and see thing, but it is also a go and tell thing. We've got to be doing both. Come and see. You should invite people to church. 
Come and see. Worship with us. Meet people. Sit under the preached word. But it is also a go and tell. And once you go to those people over there, once they're far enough away that they can't come and see or that there's other barriers that keep them from coming and seeing, then we have to go to them. It requires starting new churches. I would contend at the end of chapter 10, Peter went from evangelist to church planter really fast. He went from evangelist to church planter really fast. He has this group of baptized believers that will need to be discipled and formed into a local church. If that's not clear, as you guys continue through the book of Acts, in chapter 11, you're going to be introduced to the church of Antioch. The church of Antioch is going to go from non-existent to being called a church by Luke in about seven verses. You're like, wow, that was weird. There was like no Christians, then there were Christians, and then Luke calls them a church. And it all happens in about seven verses. And then you're, well, that's interesting. And then you're going to get to the beginning of Acts chapter 13, just two chapters later. And this same church in Antioch, they've got some leaders. They've got some folks that they've raised up in their church. And the Holy Spirit convicts them and compels them. You need to send these two out to go and start more churches. And so they go from non-existent to a church, to a sending church, a church planting church in the matter of two chapters. Third, new churches require ready leaders. New churches require ready leaders. You might be wondering, where, where are we going to find these church planters? Where are we going to find these ready leaders? In the pews of this church. That is where the ready leaders come from. Ready leaders are made, affirmed, and sent out by churches. Churches plant churches by sending out ready leaders that they have prepared and equipped to do so. I don't know how many different ways to say the same thing, right? That's what we do, and that's how it works. Southview Baptist Church, I would love to hear that a man sitting in this room has been raised up, equipped, affirmed, and sent out by this church to go and start another church. And with you as a congregation publicly and joyfully sending him out, it's even better if you send him out with a team of people. If you know a man in this church who should be considering this, contemplating this. You've seen some things. I would encourage you, read uh, 1 Peter chapter 3 and the uh, biblical qualifications for elder, or Titus chapter 1, the biblical qualifications for elder, pastor, overseer. And if you, as you read through that, a person, a man comes to your mind, you're like, that guy needs to be considering this. Let me share with him things I see in his life that cause me to say he should be considering this. And you, if you're a Christian man, I think you should consider if God is calling you to this work. Is God calling you to, be, to use your time here as a part of this church to be equipped, raised up, and sent out to take the gospel to those people over there? You should be considering that, especially if you're in the military. I tell military guys, you have two choices. 
you may or may not have thought of this, but you have two choices. You will either die young or you will have a second career. Those are the only two things that are true. Or you'll be part of the statistics of homeless, jobless veterans. Right? So you will die young or you will have a second career. I think you should consider, if you are a Christian, is my second career to take the gospel to people who desperately need to hear it. And there's different options. It may be church planter. It may be missionary. It may be chaplain. How might God use you to advance his mission? Everyone, every Christian will have a part in this mission. Whether it's an encourager, whether it's the person who goes, whether it's an equipper, whether it's somebody who goes with the person, whatever it is, every Christian will have a part in this mission. Every Christian is to join God in his advancing mission to all people. What part is that for you? I love you guys. Thank you for having me. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time. God, I pray in this time of quiet, in a world that is hustling and bustling. God, in these few moments of quiet, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would prick some hearts. Help people wrestle with their own thoughts and their own desires and their own attitudes. about those people over there and what their role might be in taking the gospel to those people over there. God, I pray that you would give them the conviction and the courage to walk in it. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. As Pastor Brad comes, uh, we're going to be up front at the end of the service. If you need to talk through uh, this with either one of us, we would love to talk through and talk about next steps and whatever the case may be. But thanks a lot, Brian. Thanks, sir. All right. Yes, give Brian a big hand. Thank you so much, sir. Well, as Brian was saying at the end of service today, he'll be down front. I'll be down front. If you'd like to come forward and just ask some questions, uh, we'd love to talk with you. But before we finish our time here this morning, I want to introduce you to some people. We have some, some uh, wonderful folk who have gone through our new member process. So for us, with membership here at Southview, how that works, about once a quarter, we offer our membership track. Uh, it's three weeks where we just kind of talk through big ideas first of what it means to be a Christian, uh, what, it, what the church is, and, and why we should be a part of it. And then we drill down as, okay, specifically, what does it mean to be a part of the church here at Southview? So we do that once a quarter, and we'll be announcing the next round of membership classes here in just a few weeks. But we want to introduce you this morning to some people that have gone through that process and are ready to be presented to you today uh, as a part of our family here at Southview. So I'm going to ask them 
uh, one by one if they'll come on up. Christina, Christina Ojeda, come on up, Christina. Yes, I'm going to make you come all the way up front, all the way up top. Give Christina a big hand as she comes up. Thank you so much. So, Christina, she's been a part of our church um, uh, through COVID, through the whole thing. She's been uh, right here with us and engaged. She's plugged in to a journey group, J.B. King's group that meets on Thursday evenings, connected there, uh, growing in the Lord, and so excited to come and be a part of our fellowship here. So if you're excited about Christina joining our family here and being a part of the Southview family, just let her know by saying amen. Amen. All right, Christina, if you can just stand right there for me. Sharon. This is Sharon Davis. Sharon as well. Getting connected with our church. Uh, come right on over here next to Christina. Getting connected with our church really through this last year uh, in COVID. And uh, staying connected, staying plugged in. Also part of the King's Journey group that meets on Thursday evenings. And so Sharon as well coming today to be a part of the body here uh, at Southview. And again, if you're as excited as I am about uh, Sharon coming and being a part of our family, let her knowing by let her uh, let her know by saying amen. Amen. All right. Sam and Hannah. Come on up, guys. Sam and Hannah Cornett. Uh, Brian, for whatever it's worth, you're not the only Marine. So is Sam. Sam. Active with the Marine Corps base station here at Bragg. And so Sam and Hannah uh, came in. Interesting, you guys were in Okinawa before this, correct? And so talking with them about Brian coming, they're like, so is that any connection with the Pillar Church that's in Okinawa? Yes. And so we've got, we didn't even mean to do that. See, look at that, just coming together like that. So fantastic. So Sam and Hannah coming today to be a part of our body here. So excited about that. And again, what I shared with them, I share every time we do this. If you are active duty and you know that you only are here for a certain amount of time, we still want you a part of the body. We want you walking through the membership process. We want you connected, um, as engaged as you possibly can be, pouring into your life. And then whenever you're sent off to the next place, man, we send you off with blessing, excited. We get to send off missionaries around the world, let Uncle Sam pay for it. It's awesome. So uh, Sam and Hannah coming today, be a part of the body here uh, at Southview. And again, if you are as excited as I am about uh, the Cornets coming and being a part of our body, let them know by saying amen. All right. And then lastly, also, Sammy, Peggy, come on up. You've already met Sammy. Going through baptism with us this morning. Coming today now, Sammy and Peggy joining our body here at Southview and just such an amazing story, a wonderful testimony, uh, just a great, great couple and excited to have them here. You guys actually, you've been around Southview family for five years or so. Yeah, so you've been, you've been around for a while and so coming uh, today, uh, becoming official covenant members of us here in our church and we're just so excited about that. So again, for Sammy and Peggy, if you're excited about them, and they're a part of our body uh, here at Southview. Let them know by giving them a big amen and a round of applause. Amen. Fantastic. 
and I'll let you know as well, uh, during the 11 o'clock service, we're going to have uh, some more uh, uh, Telly Brown. She's going to be joining during the 11 o'clock service as well, so I want to let you know about that. And then as well, we've got another baptism at the 11 o'clock. Bryson Lipscomb's going to come and uh, uh, profess his faith in Christ through baptism during the 11 o'clock as well. I know sometimes with the different services, we don't know what all is going on. So God's doing stuff, both services, all over the place. We're just excited for what all the Lord is doing. So I'm going to close our time out here this morning praying for these wonderful folk, praising God for them. They're part of uh, our body here, asking God's blessings on them and on us that we would love them, care for them, minister to them well. So let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer here this morning, okay? God, I just thank you. I thank you for these wonderful people. I thank you, God, that you, uh, in your providence, brought them to us. God, I thank you that you you were so kind to us as a church just to let these wonderful people be a part of us. I thank you, God, for that. Uh, I pray, God, your blessings on them. I pray, God, that you would continue to raise them up and uh, um, uh, take them even deeper in you, Lord, that you would empower them by your spirits, God, and that they would be used by you to glorify your name profoundly. I pray, God, your blessings on this place. Thank you that your hand has been on us, Lord. And I pray, God, that you uh, would graciously allow us to still experience your goodness uh, as we see your gospel go out and lives change. Thank you, Jesus. We love you with all of our hearts. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so as we close out again, myself, Pastor Brian, we're going to be up front here as well as these wonderful people are going to be milling around. Come by, uh, shake a hand, tell them that you're glad that they are here. God bless you guys. We love you. Have a great week. It was my till I met you. Let's sing it out together, church. I was breathing. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures, all my failures, I tried to hide. Till I met you. You call.